Hi, I'm Stu Baca, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon, and you should too at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to episode 78 of the Gen X Grown Up mm-hmm. podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And you know George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we'll find out if the latest incarnation of The Muppet Show lives up to the legacy, discover some online tools to help keep track of all those streaming services, and play a reverse horror game where you get to be the monster. But first, though, we have an email from one of our favorite monsters, Marcus, one of our fourth (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's going to love that one. I'm sure he will. So Marcus is a longtime supporter, huge, huge backer of Gen X Grown Up, top tier patron. And I'm going to tell you, we don't read a lot of emails from Marcus on this show. And it's not that he doesn't write us often. Let me tell you the way he listens to this show. So he basically listens with a notepad and and he's carrying on an eternal dialogue, responding to almost everything that we say. (laughs) And often he gives us all of that in a listener email. But he made some really poignant points in his most recent one. So I want to include an email from Marcus and make sure he knows that we're reading his emails. So Marcus wrote in, and this email was actually in advance of the 70s one-hit wonder episode we did just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, and he okay. had not heard it yet, but it was in preparation. So he was doing his predictions. He was preparing for one of our podcasts? He, yeah, I'm telling you, he absolutely, he's bought in 110%. The first point he makes, he says, George Airplane, also not my favorite. As a matter of fact, I've never been able to sit through it. <gasps> Thank you. Oh my Finally, goodness. Finally, somebody with some <sighs> intelligence on the podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, Stu Baca wrote in, saying it's one of his perfect films. Yeah. So I think we got some patron deathmatch mm. here between Marcus and Stubaka <laughs> <laughs> on whether or not Airplane is a quality film. That would be an awesome claymation stuff. Wouldn't it though? Thing. Yeah, that'd be, I know. that'd be great. Uh, number two, he says, John Hamilton has 144 words per minute. I actually mentioned that as an mm-hmm. aside. I wonder how many words per minute in this thing. Jeez. I don't know if he did the math himself or he looked it up for us. I hope he looked it up and didn't do all the legwork. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> he says, George, watch it. It's absolutely worth the time. Have you gotten okay. around to watching Hamilton? I have no? not. No. But now that Marcus has asked me to, since he's my new favorite fourth listener. Is he the current? Yeah, he's the current. You are, now, you are after so the airplane fickle, reference. Dude. You're Holy so cow. fickle. Just, you're like a ping pong match. Like, which side hey, do you end up on? Don't be jealous of the player. Just be jealous of the game. Just because I have two patrons fighting over me, it's not your fault. <laughs> I don't know if that's really the case. But okay. <laughs> Is that what they're doing? <laughs> I don't okay. think so. But all right. In my head, that's what they're doing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Living vicariously through yourself, I guess, somehow that works. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the, the final thing, though, the the header of this was uh, talking about the 70s one-hit wonders. So he did his predictions. Now, listen, Marcus is so dedicated. First, before he knew it was going to be our top 10, he thought it was being an individual, like 30 songs. Mm-hmm. He predicted what each of our top 10s would be. Oh, good oh Lord. Oh, my God. And then he heard it was going to be just our top 10 group together. He made his own top 10 prediction. And he guessed five out of 10 correct. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's pretty impressive. Now, I got this email before the 
show came out, so I know he didn't cheat. The ones he suggested that we should have had in our top 10, A Spirit in the Sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yep. Just like Shelby said a couple episodes ago, Afternoon Delight was on his top yeah, 10. Yeah, what she realized it was actually about. Fair yeah. enough. Right. <laughs> right. Dancing in the Moonlight. George, your honorable mention, play that funky music. He thought you'd uh-huh. be in the good. top 10, which yep. I know you'll agree with him. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. that's why Marcus is your favorite right now. <laughs> uh, and finally, Happy Days was the other one that he put on his top 10 list that we Okay. Did. Not bad. Huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great prediction. I think he knows us pretty darn well. So good on you, Marcus. Thank you for writing in. We absolutely love it every time the fourth listener writes into the show. If you would like your email read here on the show, please just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. Most everyone makes it to the show. Now, gentlemen, if you are both ready. Let's do this. Let's go. What the hell was that? (laughs) It's a me. George. George. (laughs) Summer at Hidden Valley. Oh, it's a real special time. Why, look, there's Tommy McCabe picking his very first tomato. Now, Tommy's mom knows there's just one salad dressing could live up to that prized tomato, Hidden Valley Ranch. It's fresh and clear, and the goodness of Hidden Valley Ranch is here. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Well, let's get this stew cooking then, talking about media that we're consuming. Could be TV shows or music or oh, books or whatever it may be. I love be. how you did that. Stew cooking, what we're consuming. That's See nice. See there? Yeah. I'm trying to step up my game I every time, just, just a smidgen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to start with you, Mo. I know that you were looking forward to a very interesting documentary going to hit yeah. Netflix. Yep, absolutely. I was looking forward to Speed Cubers. Right. That was the one about the Rubik's Cube, you know, world record holders and the contests that they have every year or every other year. Sure, yeah. And so let me tell you, I was expecting one documentary. Okay. I got a totally different documentary. <laughs> All right. That was awesome. Not what okay. I was expecting, but awesome. My thought was that it was going to be like a bunch of like, well, people like us, you know, over geeky young people younger at the time right who had nothing better to do than stay inside and practice cubes all day and da 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 low social skills the whole nine yards exactly like me yes yeah exactly it. instead though <laughs> it was really a documentary about two people it was, it was about yeah. the person who had the world record as a guy from Australia and mm-hmm. this other up and coming upstart kid Max I believe his name was who right. was from the United States and who is autistic right and let me tell you it had a lot of heart in it because you know one about the parents how him getting involved in this Rubik's Cube and doing speed things just help bring him out and help him become more social, help him communicate better. I mean, just all these things and how his relationship with the current world record holder, which could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> if it was a different kind of person. Yeah. Instead became this amazing friendship that they had. And I think it helped them both. And it was just it was just a great story. And plus, it's it's a short documentary. It's like 40 minutes. And yeah. let me tell you, it's it's a it's a great 40 minutes to watch. Now, I checked this one out. George, did you get a chance to watch this yet? I've watched about the first, I uh, guess, 10 minutes of it so far. It's not that I didn't want to watch it. I started watching it one night late, so I fell asleep and I 
just haven't had a chance to get back to it yet because my son has had me off on a tangent of watching a bunch of these thriller dystopian movies that he wanted to watch together. So things like Cube and The Circle mm-hmm. and stuff oh, right, like right. that. Yep. Yep. Um, so I haven't gotten back to it, but I meant to because as Mo said, the relationship dynamic that was at the heart of the documentary was really intriguing. And I thought of all these geeky documentaries that we've seen in the past, what mm-hmm. I saw in the first 10 minutes of this one, this was the most well-told story of that ilk. We've seen it in other things like Ecstasy of Order and uh, King, King of Kong. Of Kong. And yeah, 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 exactly. But they didn't... I don't know. It was like maybe because of the era that those documentaries were created in, some of them were a little bit older than this one. They didn't make me care about the people. As a matter of fact, some of the people I just flat out didn't like in some of those documentaries. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> but in this one, I loved both of the characters, at least in the first 10 minutes so far. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I've watched almost all of it. I think I have about, t- I'm, I'm like the reverse of you, George. I think I have about 10 minutes left to see. So I really don't know how it ends. But yeah, I was also like you, Mo. I was unprepared for the human story that mm-hmm. was in this. And in fact, the, the Rubik's Cube is a trivial part of this documentary, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? it this could is. be about, it, this could be the world tiddlywinks champion for all I know. It was really, uh, and I have a very, very close friend who has an autistic son. And I know throughout this, I was watching and thinking about how amazing it might be if he gets a chance to see this, to see how this kind of hobby was literally able to bring Max out of his His own world, personal bubble fog. I remember there's a scene where He's standing on a podium with two, two or three other guys, and he looks at each at the other people and mimics and mirrors them, which is something that most autistic children just, they're not aware of the people around them. And it, it kind of gives me a chill now to think about how this thing we love, this toy from the 80s, how it has done so much for this family and these people. And it's so much stuff we talk about. It's, yeah. Is it a good people story? Then the rest is superficial if it's amazing. And I think it really was good. Like, Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And like you said, yeah. that one scene is like, when the father was talking about that scene, like he was welling he saw, up, wasn't he? And he was welling up. I mean, and also, you know, it makes you think all of us have kids and we all think of like, we've had moments like that, but you feel for the guy. You, you just you do, feel yeah. that you're like, wow, man, I, wow. And, and you feel good watching it. So. And you feel good oh, watching yeah. it. It was, good it was pick, a great Mo. story. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Great. Yeah, you have it to look forward to, George. Good for you. <laughs> yep, you have it to look forward to. I know you were looking forward to something that came up uh, really recently, right, John? That Absolutely right. So we talked about last episode and also we did our Star Trek debates yep. uh, just last week because it was so celebrating kind of the origin of Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, yeah. That dropped just the other day on the 6th, so just about mm-hmm. a week ago now. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to try not to give spoilers on that just because Star <laughs> Trek is so important to us, but so I absolutely avoided any kind of critical you know, reviews or anything on Lower Decks ahead of time oh, yeah, because yeah. I was actually kind of, I had a little trepidation because I was worried that it would, be, it would border on parody, that it wasn't respectful to material. So I, I was actually very, very surprised to read reviews later that said they thought it was a mis fire and didn't do well because for me I thought Lower Decks was a very reverent very effective and great new Star Trek series that just happens to be animated just happens to be a comedy but everything else about it felt like Star Trek to me and I really very dug it I did now oh, yeah. I have not talked to George yet I'm very very curious to see what he thought first George have you watched Lower Decks yet so this is going to be a quick conversation no I have no. not all right well good <laughs> that's fine so in fact I wasn't sure I'd get a chance to see it so let me tell you what you have to look for.
forward to. I actually watched the Ready Room episode, you know, the Will Wheaton does after yeah, yeah. he did throughout Picard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lead to one of those for this pilot of Lower Decks. Oh, cool. Is it animated or is it live action? <laughs> no, it's live action. <laughs> it's animated Will Wheaton. It's a live action Will Wheaton. It sure is. And he had interviews with the creators, a Mike McMahon who came from Rick and Morty. And listening to the interview, even though it rambled on for, I don't know, 45 minutes or something, I never tuned out because so much reverence was paid to Star Trek was like, listen, when the animators were animating, they had TNG running on the monitors next to them. Camera shots in animation are designed to replicate exactly what the shots look like in a ready room or on the bridge. Things like the difference in sound between tapping a comm badge to make a call or tapping your comm badge to accept an incoming call. That's the kind of stuff they put super attention and detail to. Even like what's the white noise in a hallway? Like what is the sound of a ship when you're at warp or not at warp? All that's in there and it's really paid off. When I watched it, one thing that did strike me about the show was that you could tell that whoever created this thing loves Star Trek. Mm, I think so. You know what I mean? Because it was like the little details they threw in there. I'm like, oh, okay, that's right. You know, that's good. That's good. I mean, yeah, it's poking fun at Star Trek 2, which is perfect okay. It is. Hey, yep. I don't know why this is green instead of blue. I mean, just like, just weird little references here and there. The Romulan ale joke. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I thought it was funny. I mean, I think it's the first episode. It's hard to tell. I'm hoping the characters develop more and stuff as time goes on. But I think as a first pilot, I really enjoyed it. And it's a rapid fire show too. I mean, oh, dialogue yeah. is fast. Things happen fast. And uh, I'll try to encapsulate it here for you, George, to get the kind of humor that's in there. It's not making fun of Star Trek at all. It's almost winking at you. The more you love about Star Trek, the more you'll get. At one point, one of the characters is injured. And he's like, oh, my bones. And he says, don't worry. The doctor will wave a light over you. You'll be fine. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and it's like, that's exactly what happens. But everybody says, oh, it's the calcium stimulator yeah, regrowth. Yeah, no, 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 he'll no, wave a light over a light you. And you're fine. Yeah, you'll yeah, be you're good. Fine. It's really cute. And I, I, I can't wait to hear what you think about it, George, since we are both such big Star Trek fans. Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to hear what fourth listeners think. Yeah. I mean, I was looking forward to it for a different reason that turns out not to be true. So <laughs> this will still kind of huh? take me into a different direction. Well, it's called Lower Decks. That is a direct reference to one of my favorite episodes oh, yeah. of Next Generation. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with that storyline whatsoever. No, nothing at all. Other than the fact that it's people who are not in the command group. That's the only thing. Right, you are. It's not even the same ship. Oh, no, no. I'll admit that I was kind of looking forward to maybe going back to some of those characters because three oh, out of the four survived. Gotcha. Right. I was really wanting to see what happened with those characters because that is by far one of the best Next Gen episodes ever. Oh, so you gotcha. thought it was more yeah. of a follow-up. Yeah. yeah. Now, you're, you're right. I can see that if you're expecting that and it does something slightly different for you, but the feeling of, hey, these are the people on the ship that aren't the people you're following. Uh, Mike McMahon said in the interview I was talking about that really, really summarizes what they're doing here, which is in this show, there is a next generation style people on the bridge episode happening. We're just not watching it. It's happening <laughs> yeah. in the background. <laughs> right. We're focusing on what else is happening. Yeah. yeah. And I think I would have been even more receptive to it. Not that I'm not receptive. I'm very much looking forward to watching it. I just had a lot of problems with my public domain contacts this past week. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, <laughs> understood. It, was, it took a little while to get a hold of the episode, but I think I would have been even more receptive had they called it something like Star Trek animated decks or anything that didn't make me think of that I get episode. You. You're feeling just a, just a smidgen of bait and switch there, right? Just a little bit. Because a little bit. I get you. I get why they call it Lower Decks, but damn it, they already did that. <laughs> I Figure hear out something on your own. <laughs> well, let's see if you're able to forgive that when you watch it. I'll be curious to hear what you think about it once you get a chance to watch it. Sure. Well, what have you been watching then, George? We know you didn't get a chance to see Lower Decks, but what have you been checking out in media? I have been checking out Muppets Now. 
that was my looking forward to last week. So I had a box to check. Puppet show! And I damn well checked it. (laughs) (laughs) It was really fun. Just like I thought they did these separate segments, but I loved how they presented them. They presented them as though, I believe his name is Scooter, was the guy who was in the background. Yeah. He was uploading the videos as they were being released and then you would watch it as he uploaded it and it was really yeah. a cute little story because kermit was saying hey you haven't uploaded that yet i just hit the button no <laughs> you know he's wanting to make changes and all the people were sending him messages and stuff but each one of the different segments were so much fun their interactions with the live celebrities was hilarious i thought especially tay diggs and miss piggy that was <laughs> brilliant mm-hmm. oh yeah. my god i love that john you did get your swedish chef i did yep episode which was really fun i was happy that was there and he is an awful cook as we all expected (laughs) as he should be but it definitely reminded me of the muppet shows that i grew up with when i was a child scooter uploading stuff i thought was a great direct nod back to the muppet show because scooter was the stage manager Mm -hmm. of the variety show and now he's kind of the it manager of the muppets now which is interesting (laughs) did you get a chance to check this out yet mo no i haven't yet so like george on those other ones i have something to look forward to you do. <laughs> I will say that I was not as enthusiastic about it as George was. I enjoyed it, okay. but it felt a little too forced into the mold of the current streaming paradigm. I've always looked at like Muppets are kind of, they go back, they harken back to the era of vaudeville, that mm-hmm. kind of, you sure. know, hello, Mahani, hello. And this, <laughs> it's weird for them to be so modern. And that just might be my own hang up. But it, for me, it felt a little too forced into the web and technology and streaming kind of deal. Did you feel any of that at all, George? That bothered yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand that viewpoint for us. That would be, like you said, they're supposed to be vaudeville characters. Characters up on because a stage in, in an audience, right. right? Because that's what the Muppet Show was. Yeah. However, I think younger audience members today who like Sesame Street and maybe saw that really terrible, what was it, ABC Muppet show that was on for a little while. I think that they can relate to this a little bit more because things in it will be more familiar to them. I also think one of the reasons that might be subconsciously bothering you, there were a lot of elements that felt an awful lot like the Fraggle Rock show to me. The quick little snippets, the move yes. back and forth, yep. the whole, we're we're social distancing, so we're doing things on webcam stuff, Right, because I noticed it right Right away, I think that can kind of influence how you see this because somebody else has already kind of done this and released it sooner. I think this is a better version than the Fraggle Rock thing, although I love the Fraggle Rock thing itself. Yeah, and I was also pleased that it wasn't like little six-minute bite-sized things like Fraggle Rock. This was mm-hmm. a full like 25-minute episode or something. Exactly. We got lots of these little segments, so... Yeah. So do you think it lived up then to the Muppet legacy for you then? Absolutely. I think so. I think it modernized the Muppet legacy, which is great. I think it brought me back to old characters that I knew and loved when I was growing up as a kid, but put them in a new modern context, which is something interesting and new to see. We could keep doing the old vaudeville thing, but it's going to get stale and boring really quickly. At least this is something new and different to do with those same personalities. Yeah. And plus it's puppets. So it's really hard to mess (laughs) up. You can't go wrong with puppets, right? Absolutely not. Nope. Not in my book. The Beakers are here. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon and sugar. We're baking up a bunch. We're cinnamon and sugar shakers. The Beakers. Cinnamon Toast Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal taste uh, uh, like homemade. Part of this nutritious breakfast. Less sugar than I thought. Bacon homemade taste. I like it. Into cinnamon toast crunch. 
Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, let's get into tech and toys. So, John, you have mm-hmm. something you want to talk about briefly? Well, yeah, you remember the last episode when I had a conundrum because I had those great Dungeons & Dragons puzzles and you guys right, right. advised, well, hey, no problem. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is get some get puzzle frame. frames. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and I've been looking. There's so much cool stuff out there. What I haven't bought yet, but I think I'm going to do based on your recommendation is, so these puzzles are 11 by 17. Mm-hmm. I've seen they make a 33 by 17 frame. Oh. I could put all three of them in ah, one cool frame. Yeah. And that would look really sweet. That would. But I ended up up, since I have a framing issue, <laughs> I ended up getting another thing I need framed and run into a problem here. I think I have a solution. So my daughter who works at a used game store, she came across a vintage 1979 Asteroids poster. Oh, gorgeous thing. I mean, it's folded. It has the creases where it's folded but still. in quarters, but otherwise like perfect condition. I can't wait to frame it, kind of get the creases out. And I measured it and it was 18 by 24. I'm like, that's a great size for That's a frame. normal. Yeah, yeah. I went to the store, I bought it, came home and went, wait a minute, hold on. Oh, Oh, it's 18 and a quarter by 24 oh. and a quarter. What? Oh. <laughs> oh. They don't make a frame that size. That sucks. So here's the challenge. And I wonder what you guys, you solved my problem with a D&D puzzle. So what would you do? What I could do is they do make a 19 by 25 frame. So I just have to like make mat my it. own mat or frame around mm-hmm. it. Or I could get it professionally framed. And I wonder, have you run into this? You guys had an instant solution for me last time. What would you do if you had a gorgeous thing that was a quarter inch too big in both standard directions? directions. I probably mad it. Just get it. I probably tell all my girlfriends. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> You're talking about a poster. <laughs> yes, George. What would you do if you were a quarter inch too large in every direction? Uh, it took me a second to get there. But yeah. Did it? Yes. Right. It took me longer right. than that. See, but... I'm not as filthy as you, but yeah. <laughs> bonus points. Very good. Right? Yeah. I go with a 19 by 25 and do my own mat. Yeah. You can do something professionally, but it's not that it's not valuable to you. I know it's valuable to you, mm-hmm. but professional framing is it's hundreds steep. of dollars. Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah. I can't justify that even on your income. <laughs> <laughs> or anyone's, frankly, for this. Well, yes. Me, yours specifically. <laughs> okay. But yeah. And also, you can no. do something cool with the mat, too. If you get like a black mat, mm, and then yeah. maybe you could get some asteroid art things you could put That's on. Oh, like, like some vector stuff around. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Now, there's an idea. See, I knew I should bring this to the Council of Elders, <laughs> and I would get a solution. All right. I have a craft project in my future. Okay, okay. that was my brief thing. All right. So, Mo, go ahead with your, what do you have in right, tech cool. and toys? Yeah. So, actually, George, this actually was a little bit inspired by you, so to speak, in a vague sort of way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Backhanded compliment. Every episode we do like, hey, what are we looking forward to? Right? What are we looking forward to? What's the stuff yeah. that we're trying to find? Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to find something that gives me a single view that I can look and see, hey, what's coming up next month or what's new here or when is this thing coming out? You know, because right. there's just some so website many. or something. Yeah. yeah there's just so and many. They're never formatted the services. same way. And yeah. right. Ugh. Actually, as some show some of the streaming services, not all of them, I said, you know what? They have this interweb thing, right? Let me try it. They do. Yeah. I, 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 all <laughs> I typed in the was, Googles. hey, what's the best place to find to organize all my streaming? That kind of thing. 
And it pointed me to two phone apps, actually. Okay. Oh, phone apps. All right. Yep. One is called Next Episode. All right. And the other one is called Hobie, H-O-B-I. Okay. So both of them have a free version, and then you could upgrade and pay to get like the Mac Daddy version of these things. Okay. I looked at both of them. I said, okay, this is like uh, Next Episode was number one in their list, and Hobie was number two. So I downloaded them both, played with them both. I wound up paying the $4 for Next Episode because I believe in supporting mm. when people do okay. good stuff. So it was valuable enough to be paid version. Okay. Let's put it this way. I got it and I was like, oh, I got something to look forward to. I was happy. <laughs> All so right. what it is, it's two things. One is you can put in shows that you already watch or tracking right. and it'll tell you when the next episodes are going to drop, which we kind of right. have that in some other tools, but it gives we you do. Yeah, we have that in Sonar, right, George? It'll yeah. tell you when the next stuff is on that uh, yeah. calendar. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. But you have so, to already be following it to know. Right. right. So it has that stuff and you can start looking at what's next is what they have. They will show you, okay, here's the shows that are coming up next month based on popularity, based on this. And you can look six months, you can look a year ahead. You can look it's a almost month like ahead. a crowdsourced popularity yeah, scale what's so. coming and up. It, I think okay. they go to like Tracked and some other uh-huh. big sites uh-huh. and look and see how many times people mention these things, that kind of stuff. And let me tell you, it's, it threw up a, just a ton of just cool stuff. And you could do it like, hey, what's comedies and drama, sci-fi, animation? I mean, you have all these different categories that you can add as well to look forward. And they'll tell you what channel it's going to be on, what streaming service is going to be on. You could do movies too. So say this is a Netflix movie that's coming out. This is a Netflix series that's coming out. Oh, so this out. even spans all of the Shutter and Disney Plus and all those Everything. things. It includes all those streaming services? Yeah, oh, it has wow. all the streaming all right. Like a clearinghouse. All right. And so it's one spot. It's just, just so much content out there. Yeah. And it's just ridiculously hard to keep track of everything. You know, you may want to look for this one show, but it's on Shutter, And you look for this one show, and it's on Netflix or this one movie or whatever. Now, the, they both do pretty much the same thing. The reason why I went ahead and bought next episode is because one, it was four bucks, $3.99. Okay. It's been around for 10 years. Wow. So it's not going anywhere. And while Hobie, I think, had a better user interface, it was a little slicker looking. Okay. They were doing like $8 a year subscription Whoa. thing. Okay. Yeah. You that's, have to keep that might it. be it's every much. year. And you could buy a lifetime license. It was like, I think it was like 20 bucks or something like that. And I was like, yeah. But they both did the same thing. And the free version of next episode actually was fine for me to kind of just see what's coming up next month. And it did everything I wanted to. I just got the upgraded version because it could send you alerts and do all that kind of fun stuff. Okay, so a little enhanced functionality. A little enhanced, right. but the basic stuff's there. So I think you guys should take a look at these and let me know what you think. Well, I'm looking at them right now. I've downloaded them, both of them. Okay. <laughs> He's on the ball. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, I'll take, I, I have not downloaded it yet, but I think yeah. I will since Georgia. George, you tell me which one you think is better once you played with them. And I'll, that'll, we'll see what the votes come out. They're the same. So, <laughs> but it sounds like a, a one-time fee would be better than $8 per year kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. And so far I do agree with Mo that the Hobie interface is way slicker, but yeah. the next episode, it looks like it'll be more diverse. It looks like it'll give you more options. Whereas Hobie seems to be running you on a rail. It's like, okay, what things are you watching right now? So I selected the five or six things that it had listened. Okay. How many seasons have you watched? And then the very next thing was like, okay, this is what you need to watch next. And so getting to the discovery tab, you had to go to a new tab to see that. Whereas with next episode, that kind of popped up automatically. So I think I might like that one a little bit better just off first impressions. So maybe better discoverability, huh? Yeah. Well, one thing the Hobie does, which is a feature that I have absolutely no use for, is it'll track what episodes you've watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I which for some people right. <laughs> may care about that. Some people, I don't. Yeah. You know, that's not a feature I care about. But it'll say, here's how many hours of TV time you watch. I'm like, I don't want to know that. <laughs> and it is integrated with Track It, <laughs> yeah. John. So if yep. you have Track It integrated with any of the things you watch your episodes with, this would automatically 
update from that. And bring that in. All right. Yeah. Cool. So that's pretty All cool. Right. Something to check out. Yeah. So John, what do you got for us? So I have a tech toy that I recently reviewed on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, now I've done a lot of these, but, and I don't always bring it up on the podcast, but this was something I thought was worth bringing up because of the quality. So yeah. no secret that we've covered a lot of these tabletop arcade machines, right? Basic fun in my arcade. And and a lot of them are NES or a version of the arcade game with in a tiny, what is it? Eight, nine inch tall little toy arcade cabinet, right? Mm-hmm. So my arcade has just started putting out a special second tier line called their premium edition. And the first one they released was a Space Invaders. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So uh, now the difference is now they're 40 bucks instead of 20 Ooh. or 25 bucks. So it's a step up. The thing that made me, wa- now Space Invaders, you can play anywhere. I mean, there's there, there's a keychain Space Invaders, there's the credit card Space Invaders. <laughs> the thing that was interesting about this was the promise is, do you remember? So, so close your eyes and you're walking into the arcade, right? It's 1981. And and you hear all that cacophony of sounds and everything, right? And in the background, you're doom, 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 <laughs> pew, 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 right? You hear it. You're like, I know it's Space Invaders. And you walk up to it, and it's not just a screen, right? Like you can look into it because there's this, because it was so limited technology, there was like this moonscape with a sky, and they're projecting the Space Invader screen right. up yeah, on yeah. it, kind of floating in space. They've replicated that in this tabletop unit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's actually that moonscape is there. The sky is there. It's a real Space Invaders arcade ROM with the striped color banding that they would have had. And that's being projected. And like you move your head, there's depth, like a parallax effect. I think I say in the video, it doesn't have a screen you look at. It has an environment you look into. Hmm. And for a $40 tabletop toy, I was stunned that they were able to replicate that part of the experience in it. Well, not only that, but the controls on it were higher upgraded controls than they were on the $20 units. I mean, everything about that screamed like opulence for these tabletop no toys, kidding. right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so much so that I have early access to the link that we're going to put in the show notes, and right. I just purchased the damn thing from that. Did you really? I just bought it. It's so nice. I mean, Based he- off of your video <laughs> and getting this Amazon link that will benefit Gen X Grown Up by sending a couple <laughs> of bucks our way because of the $40 purchase through that link, I absolutely bought it right away because I was looking forward to... I, I've wanted some of these tabletop games, not just to put up on the shelf. We have plenty of them to put up on the shelf. I wanted one that you could sit on your desk and actually enjoy playing. I don't enjoy 90% of those ones you put up on your shelf. Right. They're yeah. just they're cumbersome. Small, they they're don't play the same. They're not yeah. the right ROM. Fact, fact, fact. They don't feel good. Yep. Yeah. But this one, everything in your video, I was like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel the money draining from my wallet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think the only thing that I might do slightly differently than you did, John, and I put it in a comment on the video as well. I think I'm going to try and hook up a speaker system to it just to see if we get that sound out of it that doesn't come out of that naturally small tinny speaker because that thump, thump, thump that Space Invaders does is key to enjoying that game. I agree with you 100%. And in fact, I have every confidence that the sound would be there. I did mention, I have actually dinged it a little bit in my review, that tinny speaker just doesn't give you that same encompassing audio. And it's, it's a very... Very noticeable because of how great the visuals are. I think that makes it even more pronounced. So. Mm-hmm. Question: One thing when I watched your video that really struck me too is like they really did replicate that deep field view that yeah. you were talking about. Um, sure. I was yeah, looking at this sure. little thing, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I said that you know, usually a camera looking at one of these little games playing is usually not the best video you're going to get. You know, it's yep. just hard to get. Mm-hmm. But I was watching this. I was like, "Oh my!" I said that looked like the arcade. It feels great. Yeah, it looked like the arcade. Holy cow! <laughs> so we bought one. George bought one. We're just waiting on you, Mo, to pick up yours, but. It- <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a quality. Yeah. You just come and play mine, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a quality piece of tech, though. And if you're at all interested, whether you want to buy or not, I would recommend you uh, clicking the link down in the show notes there to check out the video at least. It's pretty impressive. And I think it is a interesting peek as to what the future holds for these kind of tabletop units that are almost like a whole step above anything we've seen before. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. God help me if they put out a Gallagher one. <laughs> you're already going <laughs> to get Let me call them right now and tell them to put out a Gallagher next for you. <laughs> <laughs> Spotted Savage's hidden fortress. It's Rambo in his Skyfire assault helicopter. Open fire! Missiles away. Rambo, the force of freedom. This missile's for you, Warhawk. Wow, Rambo's a one-man army. Here's your friend, Warhawk. Rambo's Skyfire helicopter with spotlight and winch. Figures and helicopters sold separately. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game segment. <laughs> I look forward to this so much, even more than usual, because you've been working on this alphabet soup of these old Steam games yeah. that you got through Humble Bundle. And, you know, I might as well go ahead and start with that one now, because okay. I find it interesting that today we're going to be talking about horror games throughout the entire segment, which is really weird and unique that we all ended up there, even though it's not like October or anything like that. Right. But we ended up with these horror games. It wasn't so, planned. It was accidental, right? It was just totally accidental. Yeah. So we're on the letter L right now. Lakeview Cabin Collection is the game that I chose. I'll go ahead and read you the description first, and then I'll get into everything else. So okay. Great. Okay. on Steam, they say, delve into the diverse world of horror movies in this 2D action puzzler. Nothing can prepare you for the R-rated challenges you will face. And that is absolutely true because the R-rated challenges I faced were how not to cuss so much that I got arrested. <laughs> this game sucks. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, hold on. You're a huge horror fan, so this I sounds am. like an instant fit for you. Right. That's one of the reasons why I picked it. I'm like, holy crap, because the video and the trailer, it's all the posters <laughs> for the different games because there are like three or four different games inside this one oh, game. And it's not a collection oh. where they give you five or six different games and you purchase them at once. It's not that type of collection. They're actually built in there was an original game called lakeview cabin and that got a lot of widespread praise on independent forums and stuff okay so this guy mm -hmm. ended up in 2015 went back and recreated this whole thing in this collection and there were like five different parts of it five or six different parts and they each one represent different horror genres that you might think of so there's a friday the 13th type there's a halloween type mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the posters look like that the graphics are even sub below what we talked about on the last podcast. Remember we talked about 8-bit uh, looking 8-bit. Like yeah. super 8-bit without any lighting effects or anything, just like shortcut 8-bit. Yeah. yeah. Very sprite-like. 
I would say. And there's nothing in the game from the moment you start it until the moment you die, which you will. There's <laughs> nothing to tell you what your objective is, what you're supposed to do, how you're oh, supposed really? to do it. Mm. You literally just start walking around, which is fine. I get that. You know, I mean, but some games do that well, right? Yeah. Take me to somewhere that kind of gives me a clue or something like mm -hmm. that. Uh, you end up in this theater. And in each one of the theater rooms is the game. And when you go into the theater room as the character that's outside the theater, you become the characters that are inside the movie that that theater is displaying. That sounds interesting. Right. That's a premise. It's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but it plays so horribly. Of course, nothing happens during the day. All the horror stuff happens at night. It's virtually impossible to stop from dying from the creatures that are coming to attack you. You have different things that I kind of have figured out that you're supposed to do. Like in one of them, it looks as though you're supposed to protect a baby maybe you're the babysitter and there's oh, this okay. weird like a christmas skeleton kind of, kind of creature coming after you and you have like a drill to kill him with what uh, weird mix yeah it sounds like a game of clue it's babysitter <laughs> in the barn with the drill <laughs> i mean it could have been my number one pick on this list because of the horror aspect alone it just didn't end up that way yeah, I feel so all. bad for you because I can only imagine how much you were you were ready to love this, weren't mm -hmm. you? And I, oh. I had I went to Wikipedia forums, I went to different web pages to try and learn how to play the game. What am That's I missing? Is it better? Invested, I can't figure it out. <laughs> right? Yeah. Wow. So you invested outside time on this game? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. playing the game probably an hour, but researching and trying to figure out how to play the game and what things did what, <laughs> oh. probably seven hours, maybe. Oh Ooh, my goodness. Good luck. Uh, I was really trying because I really wanted to like this game, but... <sighs> It just wasn't to be. The one thing we can't enjoy, though, is the statistics on the list. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping you didn't pay much for this game since it wasn't great. He, he didn't pay much well, for any of these. So. That's true. <laughs> right. Not nearly what I should have. Uh, so this game right now is available on Steam for nine ninety nine. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely nothing I would recommend purchasing at really at almost <laughs> any price. It came out in March of 2015. As I said earlier, I picked it up in the Humble Spooky Horror Bundle okay. from August of 2017. So about three years ago, I paid $10 for the Humble Bundle. There were 10 items in the bundle, so each item was a dollar. So it's one of the more expensive games yeah, on my list. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't remember anything being a dollar so far. Yeah. No. <laughs> a record. Yeah, and so it was. it cost me a dollar, and yeah, I won't get that dollar back. Your time. So what about a rating? What would you give this? I mean, I don't want to give it a zero because at least it's a great idea. Um, okay. So I would give it one token. <laughs> I smelled that coming. All right. Yeah. Token. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so. I'm sorry to hear that. So how much no. have you spent so far? Then There have been a lot of hits and only a couple of duds in here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so far on the Humble Bundles, depending upon how you do the math, because some of the bundles I've put multiple games in from the same bundle, I've spent, if I bought a bundle every time, $141. The games themselves have run me a total of $4.56 for each individual game. So right now I have Four saved $394.58 based on what I would have Look paid for the game. Look how much good stuff <laughs> you found out of that. That's great. Yeah, wow. I mean, tons of good stuff. There's, It's just been the last two that have been kind of misses, but yep. I know that there are two or three on the way that are going to be huge hits. That's uh -oh. great. This has been a fun experiment. I can't wait to see. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. John... That was my horror game. I understand you also have a horror game to talk about. I certainly do. And this is going to be weird because I was taking notes as you were describing Lakeview Cabin Collection. Okay. And I'm going to use the same things you used as criticisms and tell you why it makes my game pretty awesome. Ooh. So, <laughs> so I found this brand new game. It just came out the end of last month, July 23rd, 2020. It's called 
carrion. So carrion as in, you know, uh, roadkill on the side of the road, yeah. gore and ah, guts, right? That okay. kind of carrion. Okay. All right. uh, it's made by a game studio called Phobia, Phobia Game Studios. It came out on PC, okay. Mac, Xbox, Linux, Switch, everything. I played it on, uh, on uh, Steam, of course. Now, here's the thing with this game. I had the same initial experience. I got it because I watched a few trailers and it looked cool. It is the 8-bit pixel art, kind of, okay. but it's the thing we like with 8-bit pixel art. Like, it uses that art style, but it adds lighting effect and impossible uh, physics you couldn't have in 8-bit. It's really just a style, not a shortcut, because it has fantastic visuals. And the 8-bit art, pretty much, since it's such a gory, gory game, the fact that the blood is little pixels of blood makes it a little more palatable and not so kind of gruesome, right? Okay. Now, the thing that I'm going to next say from your game that comes into this, the, the whole game is based on the concept that you are this amorphous blob. Like, basically imagine an inside-out octopus with teeth and eyes everywhere. You're just a big red <laughs> blob with tentacles and like the thing, right? When the right, thing okay, blows yeah. out of a guy's chest and tendrils go everywhere. Right. It's that kind of crazy just blob monster. The game starts <laughs> and all you see is like a lab and it's a very much kind of a Metroidvania side-scrolly, you know, multi-screen map thing. You see a little lab. There's a little jar that has a, you know, danger sign on it. And you move your joystick and it starts to rattle and the blob breaks out of it. What do you oh, do oh. next? You okay. don't know. So you said the problem with your game was, what do you do? What's your objective? Where should I go? Right. Carrion tells you none of that, but that's the way the game is meant. You wake up in this lab, not knowing your origin, not knowing what's going on. You find out who's friends and foe based on who attacks you or helps you. You have to oh, learn. Really? There's people who actually help you. Well, there are things that help you, right? You have to okay, find out okay. what's <laughs> like, can I live here? Can I, is water okay? Is fire okay? You don't know all those things. Like, oh. what is this thing on the, is this going to kill me? Oh, it did. Oh shit. Now you know, right? <laughs> don't do that again. See, but, but that fits the narrative, right? It absolutely <laughs> It That's why the, that the works game. for that game, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. So I found this to be super, super captivating. I finished the game all the way through. Wow. Wow. It took me about eight hours. Now, okay. I understand it should take about three and a half hours. <laughs> If you oh. <laughs> if you know your way through, the biggest criticism people have of this game, when I looked online, which by the way has very positive reviews on Steam, is that it has no map. You only have the abilities that your monster would have, and your monster doesn't do mapping, so you can't <laughs> okay. go map screen. Right. You have to learn the environment and figure out how to get one place to the other. So, spoiler free, I'm not going to give anything away, but let me say, if you choose to play this game, when you think you're at the end of the game, you have no way to know this. Go back to the beginning, find out where you started the game. That's where the end game is. There was no way to know that. I had to find it out gradually by re-exploring the game over and over. Wow. And that was okay. So that's the thing. That being said, the frustration of being lost, not knowing what to do next, the mechanics of the game, the gruesome kind of tongue-in-cheek horror of the game, grabbing guys with your tentacle and flailing them around until they break in half and eating them <laughs> to, to regain your energy. <laughs> All of that, the mechanics of it was so much fun. And they call it a reverse horror game where you get to be the monster. And that's not the first time it, that's been done. Look at the mm -hmm. Lakeview Cabin Collection or, yeah. you know, Dead by Daylight or any of those. But it's a fun 8-bit era throwbacky kind of thing with a modern twist. Wow, did I have a great time with this game. And I, I think if you want to cleanse your palate from your game, George, man, you should check out Carrion. It is a lot of fun. Well, cool. then I got to know one thing because you talked about that it took you eight hours. You understand it's supposed to go three and a half and there was some criticism yeah. online. But 
is that based around the cost of the game versus the time spent? Because we haven't heard how much the game costs yet. I want to say it's a brand new game. I think I paid 20 bucks for it. And the fact that it's a shortish game, the fact that I felt a little lost, but I understand that's part of the character, did not make me feel at all that I overpaid for the game. I got $20 of fun out of it because I played it over the course of maybe a week and a half, you know, half hour, hour here, you know, loved it. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So a bad one and a good one. You're right, George, both horror. That was weird, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now we've been running a uh, consistent thing here since you have so many of these uh, keys that you've been reviewing. Do you have a key to give away in this episode too? I actually do. Yeah. I have another Steam key still available. I'm still purchasing Humble Bundles. And so I'm garnering new keys as I go (laughs) along because I often pick bundles that have games that I already have in them just to get another game. This time, the Steam key will unlock a game that I know nothing about. Maybe one of the two of you do, but it's called Kingdom Classic. Don't know. Not me. Yep, nope. me neither. There we go. Okay. All three of us. Nobody knows. All right. Well, you're probably dying to play <laughs> yeah. it, fourth listener. <laughs> I already had it in my Steam library. I got another key for it. So I think if we have people write in with the email subject of Jason Lives, we'd be okay. happy to give away this Steam key for Kingdom Classic. <laughs> Kingdom Classic. Jason Lives. Hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. You very well may be the first. And you know, right. I would also like to hear back from the people who have gotten some of our Steam keys in the past. I'd love to hear some of their thoughts on the games that they got from us from the Steam key giveaways because I think that would be really neat to get their take on the games that we've enjoyed. That would be cool. N- yeah. Now we're now we're putting a, a task on you if you won. Now we need to know what you <laughs> think of the game. Now nobody's going to write in. They don't want that kind of work. <laughs> yeah. There's a new baby in the house. AG baby. Oh, you're awake. <laughs> And this baby can talk in Baby Bear Talk. A.G. says your baby needs her diaper change. A.G. Bear and A.G. Baby, each sold separately from Axlon. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Before we wrap up the show, you know, we'd love to take just a second here toward the end to talk about the things we are looking forward to between now and the next time we all sit down together to record the show. And Mo, I would like to start with you. I want to know what you have you're looking forward to that you found, no doubt, in your next episode app. That's right. Thanks <laughs> to my handy dandy next episode app. Boy, we should get paid for this kind of plugging, didn't we? Anyway, <laughs> right. so, yeah, because of the app, I actually found something that I actually knew about, but I didn't realize it was coming this soon. It's called Lovecraft Country. It's going to be on HBO. Mm. Jordan Peele. Mm. Yep, yep. I think eyebrows are going to go up on that one. I'm awake. Right? Wait, wait, okay. Right. Jordan Peele, which automatically gives it some cachet with me right yeah, off the bat. Yeah. Okay, so it's basically about a black family or a couple that's traveling cross country during Jim Crow times. But all right. behind all this is Lovecraftian monsters and all that stuff. Like the Cthulhu sort yeah, of like the Cthulhu, like weird. Okay. Yep, yeah. all that kind of stuff is thrown in huh. there, which I have no idea how it's going to go, but damn it, I'm going to watch that because it yeah. sounds like fun. As if 
running from the KKK wasn't bad enough. <laughs> wasn't bad exactly. Enough. Here comes a giant Lovecraftian monster. Yes, right. Just the two together, because you know, I think Jordan Peele does a great job of kind of mixing social messages and with horror, with all this. So stuff. far, good track record. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just so looking forward to see how he can mix these two together. I'm excited to watch it. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. And where's it going to be? And when did you say? HBO August 16th. Okay, right around the corner. Got yep. it. Okay, George, how about you? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, I have a new documentary. It looks like it's going to be a series. I was originally going to list The Stranger, which was a really breakout series from the BBC last, um, like in January this year. A lot of websites are out there reporting that season two is about to be released on Netflix. However, it's not that stranger. It's a stranger from a Japanese TV series. Uh, not what you thought. And they just happen to have the same name. Okay. So I took that one off my list and I put this new documentary series on for two reasons. Number one, it's about video games, which I know we all love. Okay. And number two, it looks like it's going to be more than just a movie documentary about video games. It looks like it's going to be a series and it's called High Score. It's okay. on Netflix. It's going to really? be on August the 19th. There are no trailers. But what has been released is the introduction of the episode of the show. Okay. Like okay. The, the opening, the open of it. Okay. Yeah. And it's all 8-bit with the music tones and the sounds and people putting quarters in machines and then running down those different tracks to different games. And so it's just really interesting and fun. To all look nerd at. pandering. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the movies we love stuff or the those toys that we love, yeah, those sure. two series. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's going to be something like that, but I have no idea, but that's why I'm looking forward to it. So Netflix. August 19th, high score. Nice. High I'm in. Score. Okay. Yeah. Great. John, what about you? I have one that's really on the outside edge. It actually comes out right as our next episode records, I think. So it's about I mean, two or two and a half weeks out. But I stumbled across this trailer and I was super intrigued. It's called Raised by Wolves. Oh, yeah. This is a series hitting <laughs> HBO Max, September 3rd. Yeah. And when I read the title, I'm like, Raised by Wolves. I don't, I've seen the Mowgli story. I had no Jungle Book. I don't need that. You know? <laughs> that's okay. But this is not like, that. This is with wolves. This, yeah. It's more of an like analogy raised by wolves. Yeah. This is produced by Ridley Scott. Oh, We're talking yes. aliens, Ridley Scott, yeah. okay? Yeah. And the, the premise is, this is, a, a, it seems from the trailer, there's a planet of infants and children and babies that are being raised by synthetic life forms, by robots. Oh. How do they get there? Where do the robots come from? I, I don't know. And the visuals look so like yeah. Prometheus-ish, you know? And there's a scene of like one of the robots walking towards someone shooting them and they're blowing pieces off of them, kind of Terminator style. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? So I have instantly added this to my watch list. Raised by Wolf, September 3rd on HBO Max. Wow. And I think it's something all of us would probably dig. Oh, yeah. I'm adding it to my public domain grabber right now. Already? Yeah. 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 I mean, just <laughs> fact that's Ridley Scott right off the bat. Yeah, I'm going to watch this. Yeah, there's two <laughs> bonus points right out the gate for sure. Yep. Decompose traps liquidator, but the mighty granites, friends of the Earth core, attack the evil and humanoid, forcing him back into the Earth. Granark, other figures and vehicles sold separately from Hasbro. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. 
It has been a roller coaster of a episode. I mean, boy, we've had two horror games that were good <laughs> and bad. We've learned about some stuff that was coming up in uh, TV and movies that we didn't know was happening, and this is going to wind it up. But before we do, I always like to take just a second here at the end of the show to express our sincere gratitude for the people that support us financially over on Patreon. Literally, let's keep the lights on, what we're doing here on the podcast, over on YouTube and on the website. And I want to thank each and every one of you, 30 <laughs> plus of you. Uh-oh, here we go. David, Mark, Dan, Agile, Mike C, Shelby, Thomas, Travis, Ben, Greg, L, Chet, Adam, Chewbacca, Greg Z, Blasteter, Stashit, Dana, Davis, T2, Stian, Jason, Arlem, Tony, Levi, Lee, Jonathan H, Stu Monkey, Marcus, Slowmo, Chad, and new since we last spoke, Uh-oh. Sean has joined us hey, as a John. brand new patron. Wow. Thank you so much, <laughs> each and every one of you. It just literally keeps us motivated that we know that you're out there and believe in us so much. If you have not yet become a patron and you are interested in supporting us, Mo, would you tell the Fine Fourth listeners how they can go about doing that? Oh, sure. It's really simple. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. There you take to a website. You get to pick different levels. If you pick the higher levels, we have swag we give out. We got mm-hmm. special videos and audio things that you don't get normally. Some behind the scenes where we really got embarrass it. ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> get to hear some outtakes, some lot yep. additional content. Again, like John was saying, like anytime anyone gives us anything, it just really just, we're just always shocked and amazed and happy. So anything you give is always appreciated. In a piece of recent bonus content, I actually posted a photo of George and me yeah. circa 1990 yeah, with George with his badass mullet. Yes. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you know, All I'm kinds. pretty sure you didn't have permission and I know you're financially benefiting from that shit. So there's some <laughs> kind of lawsuit coming. Well, it was it was my photo. I took it and you were in a public place. So you really have it no recourse. It was not your photo. You're in the damn photo. Well, I own the photo. I had it on you my computer. It's my photo that now. That count. That's <laughs> not how that works. Well, now it's on the interweb, so it's everywhere. Yeah, now, now it's public, it's public domain. domain. By your <laughs> rules, George, it's now. It's oh, now completely free. Damn it. That is going to wrap it up for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks with a regular show, but next week is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. George, what are we doing next week? We are diving into the world of multiplayer connected gaming before there mm. was an internet. Way back in the mm. late 80s, <laughs> early 90s, and even before that, really, there was a multitude of ways to play games, but most of them were around your own console hooked up to the TV, turned to Channel 3 on UHF or whatever, and that's how you play with your buddy sitting right next to you. But in the late 80s, early 90s, this new trend started developing around no modem cable gaming and oh, right. land yep. parties yep. and sure. dial direct modem games and BBSs. And we're going to talk all about that because we've all been isolated so long, we felt like it was appropriate to talk about how we can connect over gaming and the history of how that came to be. Mm. Yep, that's going to be a good one. I hope you will join us for that. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Oh, I'm sorry. I was too busy uploading that photo of George everywhere. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was always fun, man. Thank you. <laughs> and fourth listener, we appreciate you. Most of all, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Kiss my ass. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> GenX Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Okay, I think we're good. Yeah, let's do it. I'm good. I'm going to do a quick reboot and then we can go.
Come on. Can I get one fuck you out of you? Come on. I already said fuck you. you. He, he said it early. Yeah. Oh, did you? I didn't hear you. Okay. If he says fuck you, you don't hear it. Does it count? Can I get one more just for fuck you? Thank you. God, I feel better now. <laughs> Mo, you good? Yeah, I'm just getting over this picture of George. Fuck <laughs> Are off, you just seeing man. it for the first time? I mean, I saw it, but I didn't realize that was George you were highlighting. Oh, yeah. I'm like, look at this mullet. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Baller. And it's all his dark hair. Yeah. <laughs> well, hair in yeah. general. <laughs> I have hair now. It just my wife cuts it off. <laughs> my wife just cuts my hair off. That's all. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's I cool. I could grow the mullet. It would just be look like a dirty ashtray now. That's all. <laughs> I would pay good money to see the dirty ashtray mullet on you. <laughs> you know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.